I hit it now. All right, you started recording. Great. Three, Three two, <laughs> one. You're too late, Andrew. We're all dead. <laughs> all right. Sorry. Um, welcome to the Wages of Cinema. Um, we have a special recording we're giving you today. Uh, actually, from this our car. This is the car edition of Wages of Cinema. Yes, we're recording I'm in Andrew. the car. We're like Canadians in cars getting coffee. <laughs> Only we already got our coffee, which was burgers. No, we just had lunch and we're. Due to a time-sensitive issue, we're recording our podcast kind of on the go. Um, but uh, rounding no, off... Nobody cares, Jack. Thank you. Just keep going. All right. I'm Jack, and always with us is... Wifely Duty Corey. And? and? Oh, guest star Matt. And also guest star... Andrew, the best host ever. Andrew the best. That's that's going to be your nickname now. Uh, I like that. I will anyway, fight you for that. Anyway, yeah, we just saw Spider-Man Far From Home, and it was far from boring. Yes. <laughs> it was far. Yes. It was far from bad. Far from mediocre. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, good night, everybody. No. Um, it was it was really it was good, and there were a couple of things about it that I think elevated it to being like the quality that I expect from the MCU. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's one of their best, and I still think I think I prefer. It's better um, than Captain Marvel. That's yeah, for sure. No, it is. It's better than Captain Marvel. Not as not as great as Endgame. Okay. I'd say it's in a good middle this year between those two. Um, I think I saw someone online. Uh, How crazy is it that there have been oh, three Marvel movies this year in well, five months? Well, that's happened. Yeah. Well, that happens in a number of years. I mean, in the past, like, like since twenty seventeen. Uh, we've gotten nine Marvel movies. Yeah, it's crazy. They spread out better. Yeah, no, they were spread out better. I wonder if maybe they should have pushed Spider-Man a little bit further in the year to give Endgame a little bit more time. Like, I well, what else did they have to put in a Fourth of July slot? There are no Star Wars films coming out. There's no uh, no Disney animated film really. Yeah, well, the Toy Story is tr- is being distributed. There are a lot of know. Disney movies coming out. Right. There was after Endgame, we had Aladdin. Had uh, Toy Story four. We have this. Then in a couple weeks, there's Lion King. It's kind of stacked. Disney's just greedy bastards. Well, they own everything. And technically, Dark Phoenix is a Disney movie now too. <laughs> well, what movie? Dark Phoenix. Uh, the movie. I think, we should, I think we should still blame that on Fox. That was before Disney took over. But they got all the profits. So profits. <laughs> so I'll right, tell so you the movie. So a brief synopsis here. Yeah. Uh, Peter Parker. It's after Endgame. Everyone's back from uh, the Thanos. It's eight months. Eight months later. Yeah, and he's trying to and he's trying to deal with the death of Tony Stark. But in the meantime, he and his class are going on a European summer trip. Yes, and then Nick they, Fury, they won. They won the vacation after doing a game show. Like, they did. It's a European vacation joke. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, and then they head out, but Nick Fury says, "No, Spider-Man, we got some stuff to do because there are some monsters running around, and we need you to help fight them with our guy Mysterio." Yes. And it takes off from there. So, front, like up front, guys, we're gonna go straight into spoilers. This is an yeah. all spoiler review. Yeah, we're just gonna talk about the movie, and it helps in a way because I think with the character Mysterio, I feel like. If you don't have spoilers, there's only so much you can talk about because, and I, I'm wondering about to to, to 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 kick this off to ask a question and maybe to all of you, but also to Matt, was it? Do, do you think going in, it, 
was maybe difficult for them to have something unpredictable if you knew that Mysterio is an untrustworthy character because you think, well, so he's probably, you know, he's in the trailers are showing us he's a good guy. We know he's a bad guy. That means that there's no suspense. Now, I'm going to leave that open as a thing, but I just want to answer that first that I still think the movie did an excellent job, though, with that character. And I think he's, like, actually the best part of the movie. Matt? I love me some Mysterio. You're doing yeah. these. Yes. Um, so I do agree that it was, like, a dead giveaway that he was a bad guy. No matter how much they tried to tell you, no, no, he's a good guy this time, we swear. You want any part of this? Yeah. <laughs> At least they committed to the ruse and they didn't give away the twist in the trailers, like how the first Captain Marvel trailer spoiled that she's actually an Earthling. And yeah. so... Um, I mean, a movie for me got much better once they said, like, yeah, of course he's the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like, knowing what little I do about Mysterio, I probably read comics the least of everybody here. And even I know, Mysterio, Mysterio is a Spider-Man villain. His stick is special effects. He's got to be running some sort of scam. Even I knew that going into it. And I was gratified to know that they kind of committed to it in the plot. But again, as you say, Matt, once the whole ruse drops... It's just, it, like, Jake Gyllenhaal becomes the, one of the best parts of the movie. It was the best part yeah. of the movie yeah. for me. As I said to you, Jack, at the end of the movie, I was so glad to see Jake Gyllenhaal reprise his role from Nightcrawler. Yes. And I'm going to pretend this is the Nightcrawler sequel I desperately wanted. <laughs> I, mean, I love it when things like that happen. Because Nightcrawler is my favorite movie of the year, the year it came out, and it's amazing. And It's like how uh, Shoot 'em Up was a sequel to Children of Men. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, I really didn't know anything about Mysterio, and I knew there had to be something going on, because when I'm watching Mysterio presented straight, I'm like, okay, this guy is so generic What's sauce. What's his angle? <laughs> and these villains, the elementals, are so generic sauce, and they're so, like, 2012-era Marvel villain. You know what I think is kind of cool about this? I saw someone who, like, on my Letterboxd, who, like, didn't like the movie that much compared to us, and he complained that, oh, I guess they just decided to do Iron Man 4, like, and call a Spider-Man movie. And I can kind of see what he's saying by that, because ultimately what you find out, and what I loved in the twist is that it, yeah, like, Mysterio, uh, Quentin Beck, he's a disgruntled former Tony Stark. How employee. many disgruntled former employees does Tony Stark all have? <laughs> They're all Everybody who's so disgruntled. If you work for Tony Stark, who is an amoral <laughs> weapons manufacturer, you're bound to get like, you know, it's almost like working not as bad, obviously, but to an extent, like in the Trump administration. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're going to get a bunch of crooks. I love how, like, Jake Gyllenhaal goes exactly into what cost him to turn against Tony Stark. Like, and this yeah. is where they, like, reach back into, you know... Well, I thought, of, well, I thought of Iron Man 3, well, I thought of Iron Man 3, though. In the Me sense too. that you have this front of, like, the Mandarin, and, you know, you think, oh, okay, well, uh, Ben Kingsley, Mandarin, I find... And then they reveal the twist of that, and... You know, I know some people are upset by that. I love the twist in Iron Man 3. It's great. And I think the twist here works, too, because it's not just, all right, we know Mysterio will be the villain. It's all of the 
circumstances around that. It really elevates the movie. It goes back to something that happened in Civil War, which was referenced at the beginning of that film. And so they bring it all the way back. And Jake Gyllenhaal, he's created like this visual technology hologram stuff. And Tony Stark just kind of makes it a, a sort of, he, he finances it and makes it successful, but he makes a mockery of it. It's like, wait a minute, he renamed my invention Barf? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that great, yeah, that, that was a great little moment in Civil War. It was like, and then they even show a clip from Iron Man 1 with uh, Jeff Bridges. And yeah. It almost Do you is- think that guy who the scientist that Jeff Bridges was uh, yelled at was brought, the actor was brought back for this movie? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. why wouldn't he be? What, what else is he doing? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, for all I yeah, know, he oh. could be dead. <laughs> he could have been, but he's not. Like, I hope not. <laughs> oh, you think that... I'm just like, curious. Oh. I, I really hope that Marvel did commit and like, hey, what are you doing since Iron Man 1? Nothing here. We have a part for you. Oh, oh, so you thought that maybe Marvel, if he had died, they could have recreated him and brought him back well, just to of be... of course him. they could have. He's the most, one of the most generic people in the, <laughs> the entire... It's not, but it's not I the point. Like where your mind is going with it. That, like, it's a good thing he's... What so- I'm saying is, if Marvel did that, that's really good commitment to their material. Oh, of course. Well, that that's... They, they've done that throughout the, yeah. the movies. I mean... You know, for Christ's sakes, they they managed to bring Thor: The Dark World into Endgame and right, make it right. like emotionally meaningful. Yeah, exactly. Um, I am disappointed though that they did tie Mysterio back into Iron Man because everything revolves around Iron Man and the well, MCU. No, no. Here's the thing, Matt. What I think what they were doing was putting like a cap on it, so to speak. Like this is the I think this is the end of the Tony Stark Iron Man stuff. I think going forward, I think they wanted, even though probably they should have done that with Endgame, and they did to an extent, I think this was their way of saying, all right, goodbye this era of Iron Man. We're going to say goodbye to you in a, you know, fun way. And... You have no way of knowing that. (laughs) I don't. I'm just hoping... That's what it felt like, though. Yeah, it felt like... um, Although, obviously, like, John Favreau will probably still be there. But, like, the way that they were dealing with it, the way that... At one point, Peter and Happy have a conversation about how much they miss him, and it actually felt like they were bringing some closure to, you know, this whole thread. And hopefully now they can start a new thread, which we'll get to that. Right. Um, I mean, I just really like how in the comics Mysterio is his own thing, and he's specifically like a former like special effects guy who's mad that everybody the know in the special effects community gets recognition by the public uh-huh. and it would add like an extra layer of meta now that superhero movies are like a whole big thing but nobody knows who the actual visual effects artists that make mm-hmm. all the movies like exciting are and yeah. that would have been really cool see to bring i feel that like what well, that I, would be cool it could have been cool i did like the idea though that we're in a new universe now after endgame and our first big villain is a guy who creates his own, like creates the uh, the dangers, like. And I feel like I've well, seen like, that somewhere it's before. It's like Syndrome in the Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There. Well, yeah, he wants. I was, I was trying to think of that, and yeah, that's absolutely. So yeah, Mysterio is a favorite thing of this movie for me. I liked the jokes in the beginning about the blip. It, uh, I yes. acknowledge the fact that. The movies can't really wrestle with what the blip means for real. 
so they just tell some funny jokes about it like how well, that was the best because we spent a solid 20 minutes <laughs> talking about the implications of everybody returning at the end of endgame yeah and we're just like wait a minute they're the same age but what if like five years of that we talked about this a whole bunch you to were really bothered by that Corey. and yeah. it's like they decided to they decided to actually answer some questions, but they made it really, really funny. Yeah, like, marching yeah. band members disappear. They come back in the exact same spot they disappeared from, and one gets hit in the head with a basketball. Yeah, like, the way they explain it, they have, uh, like, teenagers in, like, high school's news thing uh, explain it, and, that, and that's perfect. And one of them is, and they're like, well, we disappeared after midterms, but we have to do the entire school year again. And yeah. one of the kids, um, we get the sense that basically everyone who's important to Peter Parker blip, so they're the same age. Practically speaking. But yeah. then there's this one character who didn't blip, so the last time they saw him, he was like, you know, like a little wormy, nerdy guy, and they come back, and he was there for five years, so now he's all hot. Yeah. And Wait, which one was that? Asian guy. Yeah. Oh, Brad oh, Park. Right. Something. Yeah, that's that's great. And uh, yeah, and they even just down to little things like, you know, I used to have a little brother. Now he's older than me. Or this yeah. guy was like, my wife pretended. <laughs> that <she did. laughs> yeah, that. And was, just left oh, me. Geez. Those teachers, I could have spent like about a solid hour with those guys. Yes. Yeah. So, and then Aunt May mentioned, you know, the people who moved into my apartment after the blip were pretty upset to see me at first when I came back. So, they did put in some funny jokes, and I still think that I'm waiting for the dark and gritty miniseries about the impact of the blip, but since that's never going to happen... You're waiting for, like, the Michael Haneke version <laughs> of what happened to the Um, Speaking of that, like, I liked some of the jokes in the movie. I think if I have one major criticism, some of the writing felt a little sitcom-y. I don't okay. know if anyone knows what I mean by that. Yeah. Like, some of the yeah. lines, it felt like I should have a laugh track at certain points. Take off your clothes. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> Yeah, that well, that bit was okay. That, I, that's like Three's Company right there. Yeah, yeah, there were a couple of like, yeah, that was a Three Companies bit, and it's not like I expect like the great, but I feel like even going back to like the Sam Raimi movies, some of those had a better grasp on doing kind of goofy, dopey comedy that didn't feel maybe as forced. It's also dance notes. Yes. Yeah. Hey, that that I I defend that dance number. That dance number was awesome. Um, Something else I did like, though, um, I like Zendaya still. Yeah, MJ. Yep. She was good. Um, All the teen characters in this movie are such adorable little puppies. I mean, yeah. they're not... They really move, with one exception, they don't really play into the all-teenagers-are-obnoxious They thing. kind of are, but they're likable and obnoxious. Yeah, well, that's why I meant by a little sitcomish. Like, they felt... They felt more in this than in the other one. Like, they were kind of amiable, you know, TV... You know, they even gave, for example, they gave Ned a girlfriend. And, you know, that was cute. They don't... You know, I get... What I liked at the end is that they're broken up. Uh And yet, like, he's philosophical about it. Yeah. That was pretty good, too. I want to go back to Jake Gyllenhaal for a second. 
Okay. Because, okay, Jake Gyllenhaal is posing as the superhero called Mysterio. They actually name him Mysterio. But yeah. it's... Well, and, he's an Italian name, Man of Mystery. Yes, there we go. And so, like, midway through the film, we find out he's been trying to get this thing for Peter Parker. Like, the... Glasses. The glasses. That, well, we haven't even mentioned the glasses, but here's the point. Even before then, when we find out he's the villain, he is one of... He is one of the standout characters in the in the film because he's the only person who is sympathetic to Peter. Whereas mm. it's like Peter's distracted, Nick Fury's just like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, he's thinking about how you kidnapped him. You know? Yes. Yeah. You know, he listens to him. He's trying to encourage him, trying to be like, "It's okay, man." You know, he's the only person who gives who gives Peter Parker like anybody to be to confide in. Or just be nice and, to him. And what's great is that feels genuine. Like, he's not, you know, he doesn't really have a reason to, you know, put, like, or if it is, if, if it isn't genuine, you know, he's, you know, acting quite well. Right. Um, Remember, kids, if you encounter friendly and supportive adults in your life, they're really lying. They're probably going to steal from you. <laughs> yeah. Trust no one. Well, what's the line that really sums up the latter part of this decade in general in America. It's easy to fool people when they've already fooled themselves. All right. Wasn't that the line? Yeah. yeah. All right. I know it's a little political, but... People need to believe, uh, Mysterio says his last line, and nowadays people will believe anything. Yep. Yeah. Which kind of ties into our end credit sequence. Oh, but before God. that, I want to talk about the best action sequence in Berlin. Yes. yes, the the great hallucination. That's yeah. Just, uh, oh yeah, that was quite good. Crazy and sequences within crazy sequences, all smashed together. Like the best scarecrow montage we've never had in a Batman movie. I was yeah. thinking about that too. Yeah, it it, it, it rem and what's cool is, is that some of the CGI earlier in the movie, like when we see the attack in Venice and even in uh, the the other uh, in Prague. When I was watching the CGI, I was thinking, hmm, this is okay. This isn't quite up to par with some of the other CGI I've seen in Marvel movies. Um, I don't know if that was part of the point, including, you know, the Mysterio visual effects or or not. But then, yeah, that, that sequence, it, it really nicely emphasized, too, uh, something that they do well in the Spider-Man comics, which is you know, Peter Parker is constantly confronted with I'm constantly needing to worry about everyone in my life who will die. Yeah, <laughs> and that yes. includes, like, um, you know, his friends, MJ. his family, anybody he works with. Yeah, so they include even, like, um, you know, like the, the Eiffel Tower and that, too. Uh, hold on just one second. And we're back. Uh, we never even left. Um, all right, so where were we? We were talking about Mysterio. Uh, Mysteri uh, shoot. We're talking about the hallucination. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was just like it, it did really. It it played. It showed what. Um, and there's even like a moment in that hallucination where you think, "Oh, thank God, it's over." Oh no! <laughs> and I should have known, like for a second, oh, it can't be over. Like that's too easy. As you like to say, Jack, that scene begins, and you're like, "That's when the acid kicked in." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice and acidy. It you know, it's it's just a good sequence for to have like a dream sequence, like that sort of waking dream sequence. It's something that I don't think we've really had in a Marvel film before. Huh. To just like have a villain just straight up like 
past this sort of illusion. Like, even in Thor, where you have, like, magical-type villains or anything like that, there's never been anything really like that in a Marvel I film. feel like the climax of Thor The Dark World kind of had that. But not, really. not very good. Who remembers no. the climax of Thor? The I do. They didn't were he, in like, didn't, didn't he go through they... like lots of doors and like was falling through stuff? Yeah, he just teleported a lot. Doors and boredom. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Anyhow, yeah. But, so, uh, but I felt that as I was watching, it's like, wow, this is something we really haven't done before. It was really intriguing. And part of and it was really disorienting because I mean, it's, like, had, it's like being yeah. Spider-Man in that scene. It was just like, what's real? Spider-Man punches a guy behind him and it ends up being a concrete pillar. He yeah, or, or there are a bunch times. of or there are a bunch of Spider-Men fighting him at once. Yeah, and yeah, and then he tries to save MJ off the Eiffel Tower, which you know it it, it, it was good and psychological, and it was it, it helped. It was a just yeah that that felt very like that actually felt like a sequence I could have seen in the comics. I feel like in the past I think I did read that. Only it was Doctor Strange. Right. Well, there. Anyway. There's where you kind of did see it. They had something like that in Doctor Strange. Yeah. But to have it to be that personal and have it be that nightmarish. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, and that in Doctor Strange, it wasn't uh, like the villain. In that case, it was actually just him realizing, oh, there's all this yeah. magic that I can go in. In this case, it, what made it scarier is that it's just a guy controlling all of these illusions. Speaking of which, let's go back to how Mysterio's thing works. This is a some this is a nitpick I have with the film. Yeah, please. It's especially uh, like the most extended fight we have is the one in Prague. Yeah, a giant lava monster comes up from the earth. You know, kind of breaks the ground around it, but we know, knowing what we do about the plot, it's going right. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, you can't let all this brilliance be right. used. We know that this is an illusion cast by these hologram robots. But the ground splits, metal things around are being melted by this creature. So... The robots have destructive power, though. Yeah, but they don't, like, do they melt, do they break, like, ground and create all that heat? Like, that, that was something that confused me, because, yeah, the robots are doing damage. They can shoot things and do mm -hmm. stuff like that, but it's like, how much... Can they, like, what exactly can they really do? I mean, I know I, they can create, like, shockwaves and stuff. I wasn't thinking about it that much in the moment. Maybe No, not in the moment. Again. Like, this is a retrospect thing where it's like, how do robots create, like, cracked earth and stuff like that? And I think jackhammers create cracked I earth. Felt like I those don't think drones, it's that difficult. Well, you're asking if the, how those drones did it, right? Yes. I'm, he, I'm sure that, like, Mysterio must have known what the capabilities were of the stuff he was working with. That they said it had a line where, like, oh, you put electromagnetic charges underneath the locations so that people would know that it looked real. So they had, like, electronic electromagnetic bomb go off and break the rubble. There you go. I thought that was to make Nick Fury get, get fooled and think something real was going on. Well, it can be both. I don't know. Yeah. I mean... Anyway, it's whatever the movie needs his drones to be able to do. Well, it's also, it's not like we don't have the technology now in 2019 normal universe to break concrete and generate heat. I know, but it's, it's it still confuses me. Hmm. It's a plot contrivance. Yeah. I guess, you know, deep down. I don't know if it's a plot contrivance. It's a little thing that I think is genuine to think about. I think in that prog sequence, I was 
less thinking about how things were melting and more just um, entertained by Spider-Man, a.k.a. Night Monkey. <laughs> That's yeah. his nickname in the scene. Um, I like how that came back. Yeah. I have actually a question, though, about the mid-credits scene, though. That I was thinking about this in the car. Um, okay. So, real big spoilers here, in case you really are haven't seen the movie and just don't care about spoilers for the movie proper, but don't want the mid-credits spoiler. Uh, I know it sounds weird, but trust me, it's pretty big. Hmm. Okay. So, what happens in the mid-credits... Uh, you know, Spider-Man, before the regular credits start, he's swinging along with Mary Jane, having fun. Uh, by the way, she finds out he's Peter Parker. That's a very entertaining point in the movie, by the way. Yes. Um, they're in Times Square, and all of a sudden on the screen pops up this left message in the last moments of his life from Quentin Beck, where he reveals to the world that, Peter, that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Right. With a cameo, by the way. By J. Jonah Jameson, played by J.K. Simmons. Woo! I'm that not gonna was, lie, that I was clapped. awesome. That was great. Like he is they, playing they, an Alex Jones type in that thing, like, <laughs> up to like his desk and his logo in the corner. But he's like perfect in that. No, it's it's great. Like I think once Matt, you I think you once said they can't. How can anyone else play J. Jonah Jameson except J.K. Simmons? It is now a valid Spider-Man film. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it brings up certain questions about like what happened to Tobey Maguire. I guess we know what happened. To All right, Maguire. but but what I was thinking about was okay. So by this point, I didn't think about this in the moment. I was just like, "Oh my god, he's revealed to the world that Spider Man's Peter Parker." But why? Like he's been hasn't Quentin Beck been revealed to be like a total fraud who's been like no, making all of yet. these? No. But they didn't release that information to the public. Nah, really? Not I yet. feel like that would have been a big like thing. The fact that they like was that did they mention maybe in the line that like they were going to keep that secret? No, and Shield is just like super incompetent or whatever. Shield, Shield doesn't exist anymore. It does on ABC. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nick but Fury is really like Winter Soldier. Shield is gone. Who's around? Nick Fury and his like and his and his like quartet of like uh, paramilitary guys and and Maria Hill. Like who else is there? Well, you think that he could have done something? But Peter know. Parker could have done something with his special glasses. Peter Parker has special glasses now, by the way, which is a major plot point. Yeah. in this film. But, but I just I don't know. I'm just one. Like I thought that they would have like. In the time after the London, from the London attack to when they're back in New York, the news of oh hey this ha this this fraud former Tony Stark employee has been destroying cities in Europe. They didn't think it was worth mentioning. <laughs> All right, I also, guess I think that's kind of over like overshadowed by the fact that it's like hey guess what everybody Peter Parker is Spider Man. Yeah, I uh, know I no I guess it is. See I was thinking of a nitpick and that was mine. Well, you do have a point. Well, how? Well, I guess what I mean is, how can people like Sp Spider Man has more credibility than Mysterio? I'd I say doubt so. that. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, yes. Yeah. But you know, it's that whole thing of like, you know, how many times in like Spider Man comics has it been like Spider Man's been helping people out, you know, whatever. 
you know, the Daily Bugle is just like, Spider-Man's a jerk! And, and how many times do people believe the Daily Bugle? All the time. All the time! <laughs> <laughs> all right, good point, good point. Uh, all right, so the glasses. That's an interesting ter thing where um, Tony Stark is left behind. You know, it, that, this, is, this is a thing that happens in a lot of stories. Character leaves behind object that will be important. And um, do you think, like, Peter Parker is kind of... He seems a little quick to trust to, like, just give the glasses to him. Well, I mean, even in that scene, like, there's a scene where Mysterio and Spider-Man are talking to each other. Just talking to each other about seeing superheroes. Which is kind of weird, because they're in a public place in Europe where more people than you think understand English. And then it's just, and they're talking, and Spider-Man's like, hey, why don't you take these super-powered glasses that Tony Stark gave me, because I don't want to do this whole thing anymore. Yeah, well, but it's also like, the job is done. Like, the threat that they were going to fight against was gone. Mm -hmm. And also, the part of the thing, too, is Mysterio has been building up to this. He's been trying to get these glasses from Peter Parker. Well, they, they say that, but he's been acting like he doesn't even bring that up as a thing. Like, Peter just offers them to him. Right. Or, I don't know, like, did he... Did I miss a bit where he, like, mis like where Quentin Beck is like, oh, hey, those are really cool glasses. No, he specifically says they're dumb-looking glasses. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which kind of works. It's like, yeah, you look stupid in those. Yeah. yeah. Right. It actually plays on what Peter agrees with, I guess. Uh. But it just seems like he's very quick to suddenly give them away. Well... I don't know. I, well, I, I, mean, I know. I know it's the thing then, that keeps the plot going. But the, but then the thing is, like, even then, in, during that scene, Peter Parker offers Mysterio the glasses, and you're like, no, no, no. I heard you saying like, no, don't do that. And yeah, like, I was too. Because we know, you know, as movie goers, like, Mysterio has to be the villain. Yeah, we have, we know Although that. it makes you wonder, though, if so, Mysterio's been able to do all this stuff so far, and all he was missing was that pair of glasses. Right. Yeah. Like, he needed it because he needed to control the yeah. network to create that big London attack. Yeah. By the way, Tony Stark apparently owned the technology that Captain America was fighting against in Captain America Civil War. Drones that can just kill yes. people at will. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. Wait. Yeah. Wait. Wait. That's what? why he has so many disgruntled employees. <laughs> I guess. And it's also, like, insane that, oh, I will posthumously leave the control of these killer drones to a high schooler with Without no instructions. Without explaining how they work. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that is that is on Tony. That's, like, he's his final reckless. sin. <laughs> yes. Yeah, even after death, he's reckless. I just think about it, where it's just, like, Tony Stark, he's, like, he's made so many mistakes. And it's, like, well, he has made one more mistake from beyond the grave. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that keeps that is pretty consistent with his character. That's why I think, though, that this is, like, the final time we'll hear about Tony Stark in this way for a while. Because this was, like, the real, you know, his ghost is... I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that. I was worried, like, what if they actually have Robert Downey Jr. come back in a scene and, like, talk to Peter or something? Ooh! <laughs> yeah. I'm the ghost of Iron Man! <laughs> Good Robert Downey Jr. Corey, you're about to say something, I was going to say, if and when the MCU has financial problems, that's when we'll see old school Tony Stark back. Well, we'll, we'll get this version of what, like, CBS is doing now, bringing back uh, John Luke Picard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know what else other things... Uh, let's talk about, uh, let's talk a little bit about the final credit sequence. Yeah, what was that? Matt, okay. Explain it to us. So here's the thing. 
It ties into Captain Marvel. Uh, Matt, explain what happened. Um, well, it turns out that Nick Fury and Miria Hill are actually Talos and his wife, the Scrolls from Captain Marvel. And meanwhile, Nick Fury is up in a space station talking to all the other Scrolls on his supposed vacation. And that's, um, I believe, his sword. You know, the, yeah. The, yeah, the sentient world observation, research, and defense. Right. Is that what that stands for? I don't know. Okay. Anyway, but this actually answers an important question I had about the plot. A criticism is, like, Nick Fury is the guy who is paranoid, who doesn't trust anybody, and who always has these different plans. So it f felt to me really weird that Nick Fury would get fooled by Mysterio into believing that these attacks are real. Yeah. And that Nick Fury would automatically put this much trust in him. And it's like, well, this doesn't make any sense for Nick Fury. And then it's like... And, and then it's just, and there are some weird moments where like he's out of character where Maria Hill is like, nah, he didn't really suspect the thing. <laughs> where they have this back and forth and they're like, well, this is that's kind of weird. And then it's like, oh, they weren't actually Nick Fury and Maria Hill after all. Yeah, but, but, that, but that, that makes the whole move. That and that's what that ending, and that's how that ending scene begins with the two of them talking, and it's like, it's, and they're like, "Man, we messed this up." <laughs> and it's like, I know it's super embarrassing. I'm a shapeshifter, and I got fooled by a, by another guy. This is it, it's crazy. Yeah, and that and that actually tied up a lot of a lot of my questions about it. It's like, oh, it's not actually an experience. That makes sense now. Yeah, maybe that was actually something in the writers' room where they were like, well. I don't know, maybe, this seems a little weird. Like, how are we going to solve this? Oh, we'll do the final post-credits scene. Yeah. So, so make I, sure you stay till the very last scene, because this time, unlike in other Marvel movies, this actually does play into the plot. It still feels weird, though. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it's just certain things with, with like, Nick Fury, where they knew him that well, and yet they could still be fooled. And they never gave any... Like, they didn't have a moment where they maybe pull Peter Parker aside and be like, hey, man, we're actually not Nick Fury and, you know, this other chick. We're actually these people. Like, they could have done that. Well, I guess that might freak him out even more. Also, how does Nick Fury get a cell phone reception in space? He's a super spy. I guess so. He yeah. Been, yeah. But why is he even up there, though? Because he's, I guess... That's what I couldn't figure out, like, why he was there. Because he's overseeing the new... In space-based shield answer, well, they're, they're, that's he seemed like he was on Ambien when was, they cut to him. He was on a, a work vacation, which is why he wasn't down doing stuff with Spider-Man. He delegated it to them so he could relax and also set that thing up that's going to be a thing going forward in other Marvel movies to come. Yeah. That they have like now a space station staffed by aliens and people that, that ward off alien threats. There you go. I guess, yeah. Alright. <laughs> no, no, that, it was, maybe watching it again, it will be, it'll be interesting seeing how fake Nick Fury acts compared to usual and how, yeah. yeah maybe that explains, too, why he didn't really get Happy's message when he said it. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's weird that we actually haven't talked that much about Peter Parker in the movie. Well, because... He's not as... Maybe he's not as interesting. My thing is, Tom Holland is super charming, mm -hmm. but his arc in the movie is a very conventional arc. Yeah. That was, I think, the, like a problem I had in the movie, too. It's just... It's not exactly a problem. It's... it's. I was watching it thinking... I'm watching a Spider-Man movie. 
this is what Spider-Man does. He has to balance his superhero stuff with trying to hide from his classmates and friends who he is. Um, they play into that in a kind of clever way with that Mar Mary Jane scene. Um, She's not really Mary Jane. MJ. Yeah. Sorry. And whatever MJ stands for. MJ Jones. Miss Jill. Mr. Jill. No, never mind. Alright. Um, but it is conventional. It is something where we have seen this before. Maybe there's only so much you can do with Peter Parker in this kind of scenario where, you know, I'm trying to hide things. I screw up. I make up my mistake. That's pretty much it. Yeah. So I... I feel like Tom Holland's performance was strong. Yeah. And, but it, it's, the actual arc in the script is kind of like, if you've ever seen a superhero movie, literally ever, literally just one, you see these yeah. themes. Like, I think that that's why, for the first half, I was like, I'm liking this movie, but it feels comparatively light. The second half helps to elevate it more, to make it mean you know, something different. I think also a lot more is going on in this film rather than Peter Parker's story. No, you have like, Mysterio on, in yeah. there. Like, Mysterio is a really good villain. Yeah. I mean, granted, there's a little bit of shorthand going on. It's like he's a disgruntled employee of Stark Enterprises. But he's still, like, uh, he's still compelling. You've also got, you know, all this stuff going on with... It's like know, Peter, Parker, Peter Parker has to keep dealing with Tony Stark's, like, fuck-ups. Because <laughs> in the last movie... You know, he had to deal with Vulture because he was, you know, who he was because of Tony Stark. Like, in a way, yes. Yeah. And in this one, he's dealing with this guy who's, you know, making hay out of becoming a superhero in a world that, you know, already has them. Right. And, yeah, I'm wondering what they'll do with the third one when, they, like, because that's, like, they the interesting Venom part. No, that's already... I don't think that's in this universe. I, I want to see the Sinister Six. It'll, uh, never it'll never happen. It will! No, it <laughs> I want to see... I told Jack this. I want Tobey Maguire to come back as Dr. Octopus. See, that's what Jack said. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. I just want it to happen. Alfred Molina is Doc Ock. Leave yeah. it at that. There's only one. There can be only one. For now. Until they decide to reboot it. Um, but I like the. Or maybe I, they'll have uh, Andrew Garfield come as Spider Man from another dimension. They need to do. Well, the no. problem is, you already. <laughs> see, this is why you need to see into the Spider Verse, because they kind of deal with this, if not completely. Nah. Yeah, if. Now, Andrew doesn't have social media, so. That's true. I can't. So, I can't tell any listeners to this to bully him on social media. <laughs> so, I'm going to tell anyone listening to this. Find Andrew. Go send, to his send, home. Send your emails to Age of Cinema Gmail, and I'll and tell we'll Andrew. give you his address. <laughs> Go find him and tell him to see Spider-Man into the Spider Verse. See what you're describing, Andrew, is what they've already done. You're describing having a Spider Verse in live action. If you anyone... can have a Spider-Man with Tom Holland, Tobey Maguire, and Andrew Garfield. Oh, well, there we go. So, all right. all right. So, anyway, final thoughts, guys. This was really good. It's got a lot of good characters in it. It's got a, you know, pretty decent action scenes, especially yeah. towards the end. The very last one and the um, 
uh, the other one were uh, the the one wh- where the he's... one action scene and the other one were both <laughs> really good. <laughs> I, I got tongue tied. The hallucination theater piece and the scene in London are the highlights. Um, the ones in Prague and Venice are okay, but even as the like kind of illusions of a fake superhero, I still thought they, those were actually kind of generic. Oh yeah, and but yeah, I think the mo- the best thing about this is the interaction of all the characters. Like even yeah. pe- like everybody, everybody, everybody does a great yeah. job. It's it, the there. There, the interplay between oh, all those characters yeah. is really good. Like between Peter and his friends, between Peter and the teachers, and, and well, the teachers. Yeah, yes. teachers were see, amazing. See, I did. Yes. You know, see, I, even though I was saying that I thought some of the jokes were sitcommy, like watching this, I thought, okay, that joke didn't work. There'll be a joke in a minute that will be funny, and there would. If be. you don't like this joke, wait for the next one. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you have JB Smooth. Yeah. As one of the teachers, he was, just, wasn't he? Legit? No, he wasn't legit. No, he, he was in Curb Your Enthusiasm. No, but he was the um, driving instructor in the commercials for the last Spider-Man movie. There was a, a car tying commercial, and he was I the driving instructor. Oh, you know who needs to be in the next one? Donald Glover. Why? Because he was in Homecoming. Oh yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> I love that long pause. All right, guys. Sorry. Uh, sorry. So, yeah, Andrew, this, is a, this is a. Pretty good Marvel movie. I mean, it's yeah. you know, does it reach the highs of Endgame? Well, nothing does. Uh, but you know, it's pre, it's it's somewhere solid. Like, it's a, it's it would be like a three out of four. It's it's somebody else said that Endgame is this gigantic full course meal. It's might have been Matt Singer. So hi Matt, uh, other Matt. Oh, if you're listening, um, uh, he said Far From Home is like a good dessert. Yeah, exactly. This is yeah. a good like you've already had your fill, but somebody brings out a plate of cookies. And you're like, oh, I can't. Captain Marvel is like some dry pretzel sticks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Captain Marvel is it's that a salad. Well, or or that. Okay, yeah, it's a rather unimpressive salad. But it's a that it's that salad. like zucchini, quiche, like crunchy stuff that you kind of like, but it's nobody kind, kind of, of likes that. No, you're, you're, all right. Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel is zucchini crunch. So, Quiche. Yeah, so what Andrew said, this is a solid entry. It's not one of the best. It's not one of the worst. Go, you'll have fun. Get your popcorn. Um, you know, it's another good Spider-Man movie. Uh, Corey? Yeah, this movie's good. It's funny. It's charming. Mysterio is awesome. I, I'm really happy that we've had, like, a bunch of good villains over, like, years in the MCU. The past few years, they've definitely So, I really think they've put their bad villain problem. Starting with Ultron, I think they've really turned So, Jake Gyllenhaal is awesome. All the kids are adorable young people. And it's funny. And I just want to give everyone in this movie, like, a pat on the head and a cookie. And... Yes. Um, so I wanted to see Mysterio on the big screen ever since Sam Raimi started doing Spidey movies, and I was so annoyed that they've consistently snubbed him until now. We finally got a Mysterio movie, and he was fantastic, yes. and now I have nothing further to live for. So, <laughs> <laughs> Unless so this say is Matt's some... last episode of the oh. podcast. <laughs> Unless if they After this, he's going to go home. Closer to the comics. He's going to go home. 
get a bottle of bourbon and some sleeping pills and end it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you know what they do? They do a sequel of Spireverse and they have Mysterio there. Yeah. Dead Star Matt will become <laughs> Dead Star Matt. <laughs> this episode is recorded in memorial to Dead Star Matt. Oh, I loved... One thing I loved, the ongoing jokes about how cheesy the Tony Stark memorials were. Uh, yeah! Like, they had a little, on the plane, they have, like, a little documentary. Heart of Iron. <laughs> I think they say it all in the opening, where it's like that, that montage of people who died during Endgame played over I Will Always Love You. And then at Tina, the end, Whitney you Houston. see the candles with the very obvious Getty. Yes! That was brilliant! <laughs> and they have like murals to Tony Stark, and some of them look cool, but some of them look really chintzy. Yeah. yeah. So good stuff. Good stuff, guys. So if you have seen Far From Home, and you have any, oh sorry, Matt, you had one more thing. No, just that you're supposed to say. Matt. Oh yeah, sorry, Matt. Where are you, where can we find you? You can read my blog at mattthecatania.wordpress.com, which will be linked to you in the description. Yes, yes, the good old WordPress blog, which you should follow because Matt blogs about all sorts of great stuff. Um, you can also listen to us at SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes. Actually, iTunes, I think, is gone now, so the whatever the Apple podcast So I don't know how you're is. listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> if, you have an, if you have an iPhone, it comes with a little app that oh, says podcast. Okay, if you're listening to us through Stark Technology, which, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> you're tracking oh, us now. Oh, I can't wait till we get to the disgruntled customers of Tony <laughs> Oh, that's next. Yeah, absolutely. I bought this weapon of mass destruction and it kept jamming on me. Prepare to die. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, alright. Yeah, so um, next time Lazy Cinema, we'll talk more movies, more stuff. So thank you for listening. Uh, until next time, I'm Jack. I'm Andrew. I'm Corey. I'm Matt. And the Wades of Cinema is... Death. Hugs. Bye.